Welcome to season two of the Mind Your Marketing podcast. In season one, we broke down ads and trending news weekly for you. However, this season, we're taking a little bit of a different spin. See, in season two, we will be focusing on the history and startup of the iconic brands you see today. So we'll be deep diving into how they started, notable moments, and where they're at today. So sit back, listen, enjoy, as we break down the history of the Guinness Beer Company. In 1752, a man used $100 inherited from his grandfather to set up a small ale brewery in Lexlip County, Kildare, a small town located 18 kilometers from Dublin, Ireland. That brewery was the Guinness Brewery, and that man was Arthur Guinness. A short seven years later, on December 31st, Arthur signed a lease on an unfitting four-acre property near St. James Gate in Dublin. Being a forward thinker, Arthur actually signed the lease for 9,000 years. So there Arthur was. He had four acres, a 9,000 year lease, and a dream of distributing beer across the world. But it wouldn't be until 1769, 10 years later, that Guinness had their first international shipment of ale. They sent six and a half barrels of their ale 108 kilometers from Dublin to a small port in England. Over the next 30 years, Guinness continued to grow and continued to be drank amongst the streets of Dublin and throughout England. But a new style of beer called Porter from London was becoming very popular amongst the streets of Dublin. Arthur was taking note of this and he made a decision that would change the course of the Guinness company forever. He stopped brewing their ale and went all in on creating his black full-bodied beer. Two years later, Guinness unveiled their first batch of the West India Porter, the precursor to the Guinness Foreign Extra Stout you see across the world today. The company didn't waste much time getting their beer out to international consumers either. Their first shipment across the Atlantic was October 16, 1817 to South Carolina to a man named John Heavy. That was a different mindset than the competition. Due to the dangerous nature of sea travel at the time, many brewers chose to keep their product local. However, by 1858, people were enjoying pints of Guinness as far away as New Zealand. By 1868, Guinness had expanded its James Gate facility to become more of a city than brewery, hosting its own medical center, railway system, and firefighters. As the company's popularity continued to grow, so did the ingenuity of the company. In the late 1800s, they brought in their first notable hires from British universities to help fuel innovation within the company. And that thing, the Guinness Book of World Records? You guessed it, it came from friends arguing over pints. These friends were at a dinner party and over drinks they were arguing which bird traveled the fastest. It was in the early 1950s and Sir Hugh Beaver, the managing director of Guinness Brewery at the time, was attending this party where the argument took place. A couple years later, in 1955, recalling that party from years past, he thought of an idea for people to be able to look up facts quickly. There came the idea for the Guinness Book of World Records as a promotional tool for people arguing about abstract facts. Little did Guinness know, but the book would become an international bestseller its first year, 
selling over 60,000 copies. And it would continue to grow in popularity and reach, becoming the gold standard for world records and still be in print today. In 1963, they opened their first international brewery in Nigeria, and Malaysia followed shortly after in 1965. See, for Guinness, being international wasn't just part of their marketing plan, it was part of their DNA. When Arthur sent those first six and a half barrels of ale from Dublin over to England, he set the tone. Guinness would be for everyone and accessible to everyone. Today, Guinness brews and distributes their beer globally and over 10 million pints of their beer are consumed every single day. They still operate at St. James Gate, the now 200 plus acre space, and the 9,000 year lease is actually no longer valid because Guinness bought the property outright years ago. So the next time you tip back a pint of Guinness, be sure to thank Arthur and all of the visionaries who helped shape this iconic brand. Um.